All right, and welcome to another thrilling, stunning, captivating episode of the Senpai Kohai podcast with your boys, Steven and Trey. Steven, I know what you're doing over there. You're not fooling me. I see you. You make that sound really bad. This is not how we should start a show. Behave. (laughs) Behave then. I am. Don't. Guys, I'm (laughs) behaving. Like, don't listen to him. Well, well, then tell me what you're doing over there. (laughs) I'm thinking about the wonderful animes I've been watching in this fall season. And I'm thinking about the amazing gaming topics we have for this evening. Mm. Right? Right? Mm. We're not not anything levacious. Levacious? Yeah, Mm. levacious sounds like a word to use. I I think you mean lavender. La- lavender. I think lavender is the word you're going for there. No, that's not doing anything lavender. No, no, no. no. Okay, okay. I'll have to look up <laughs> lavish. That's a town full of ghosts. It's also the scent I snort before I go to bed. Okay, that's 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 poor language. It's getting again. worse. It's getting yeah, worse. we just need to stop. Anyway, so anyway, uh, <laughs> it gets worse. So speaking of anime and games, we're we're going to be doing a gaming centric episode this time, seeing as how the last. 20-something episodes we've done seem to have been a lot of anime, and contrary to popular belief, we do talk about games, which we have at some point somewhere, but this time we're talking about a lot of games, right, Steven? Yeah, we snuck it in a little bit with the Isekai episode, um, and I, clearly we had to, we have to let it out, so I think this is the perfect opportunity, especially after a great guest show and and then our celebratory uh, four-hour podcast. Four damn hours. But th- that was quite the throwback to the when we we first started getting this thing off the road, off off the road, off, off the. Wow, what it there I, is there is a word there off the. Yeah, no, I'm failing right now. Yeah, same. Anyways. Anyway, it hurt to listen to, but before it was released, I didn't say all right then, and it felt off. Yeah. to hear that and, yeah, and not I say. Right. I said okay or something. Yeah, you said, okay, like, here we are. Like it's, <laughs> it was, I was like, all right, Dad. And so we recorded that opening. That's for sure. Yeah, no, we ha- we had to. It it wasn't the Senpai Kohai podcast that we are today. So it's a. Uh, it was good to put some some stank on it and, and <laughs> make it what stank. it's meant to be. So. Let's get to anime first before we get to the the meat of what we're talking about here with the games. What are you watching? All right, we're going to do this kind of round robin style because I'm watching a lot of things right now because it is the new season of anime. And we Mm. talked about a lot of the titles that were coming out. Um, And the one I want to talk about the most, I'm just going to go like straight out the gate and talk about it, is the show Sakugan. And I I don't know if you remember like when we were recording that episode I was reading the description and it was like had these weird names yeah and it was, yeah like, this whole story about like a, a father and daughter like mining duo and I was like I had never heard of it like and so I was kind of like put it off to the side but when I started choosing some of the the twenty twenty one like I guess winter twenty two fall yeah whatever fall. whatever season we are in currently. I really didn't think about it but it popped up on uh, Crunchyroll pretty quickly so I decided to watch it. And they had the first two episodes on there, and that show is not anything like I expected it to be. Um, it's so much fun. It's got a father and daughter duo who are bickering, but the daughter's a genius who's apparently already graduated college, and they live in this underground colony. And apparently all humans live in these underground colonies uh, within a, a space called the Labyrinth. And, you know, there there's the worker people, which is what uh, Gagumba and Memepu, which is the father and daughter. Like, that's going to be a running thing with this show is they have really bizarre naming. Those are awful names. Right? But, the, uh, but there's also, you know, every character is some amalgamation of, like, letters. It makes no sense. I think uh, one of the characters is Meroro or something like that. And another one is... Uh, 
Oh, it's not Usopp, but it's something sort of similar. Just keyboard vomit. It's it really all does. That is. Yeah, like somebody smacked their hands on the keyboard. That's your character. Now um, you're backslash backslash A, and that's it. <laughs> so, look, we're not Good Elon luck. Musk's kid, all right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, topical. Uh, that's actually old topical. Anyways, they this father-daughter duo, she wants to go out and explore the labyrinth, and he wants her to stay safe and just work in the colony. And then hijinks ensue, and you've got transforming robots, and you've got kaiju, and all kinds of like really cool character-developed moments. And the music plays like during the action, and it's really, really good. Uh, I have regularly been in our Discord and other Discords I'm a part of in their anime channels being like, if you're not watching this show, you're missing out. Like, it's... Uh, to me, like it has like a very Gurren Lagann vibe to it, and I really like I really like that about it. It's uh, the action and the characters, uh, everything is just really well paced. Like it, now, it's the first show I've watched in a while. Like the first episode got me from the beginning. It's been a long time that I didn't have to give something a little bit more than that before I I really got into it. So I I don't really want to go too far into it, but it's got kaiju transforming mecha. Fun kooky characters like literally the dad is both the bad dad and a in a wholesome dad at the same time, uh, and of course the uh, little girl is a genius and also a spoiled brat, but you know cute too, and it's it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it, and I recommend it to anybody who's looking for a good show this this season. But uh, I'll 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 start with that now. It's your turn. I I just watched part of an episode with you, and it <laughs> it was amazing. I it was like half of one episode and it was pretty it was very well what's the word i guess orchestrated like mm-hmm. it, it had a really neat jazzy soundtrack to it almost persona five-ish and yeah. it was really fun just to listen I, I stopped paying attention to what was on screen <laughs> and i was just wow this is real funky this is nice oh yeah. and I, I really liked it so I, I think i may go ahead and start this one from the beginning and try to keep up with it too uh my brother is watching it as well and he he tried to sell me on it too but i was like there's not enough fan service there's not enough monsters that I'm, <laughs> i can see those those are my two sellers right there but uh from what i've seen this is pretty good um i actually started mob psycho 100 season two oh, because yeah. of the announcement of season three and I loved it. I, I finished it pretty quickly for me. And it was just amazing, as as expected from Studio Bones, doing some pretty amazing, um, not, I don't want to say bare bones work, but uh, pun intended. <laughs> A little on the nose there, buddy. Yeah. But, you know, their, their simple style just makes it so easy for them to do these insane fight scenes. And it's so beautiful whenever just someone loses their mind. And psychic powers just blow up everywhere. It's so beautiful. Yeah, I love it. I remember catching the first episode or two of the first season because I read the manga originally, and mm-hmm. it's 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 made by the creator of One Punch Man. Yeah, and uh, you know a lot of people were like talking it up. So I watched, I read the manga. And I was it's so good. It's so great. I really like it. And I you know I thought I'd watch the anime, but I think I got distracted or something like that. But I remember it being colorful and just really unique and really cool whenever they did anything with the psychic stuff yeah and uh, i thought that was a really neat touch to it and i'm i'm very excited to hear that it's getting a third season i mean both seasons of mob psycho 100 have been listed on tons of lists as like must watch and uh you know sometimes it's nice to be behind a little bit because then i can just like power through those episodes i get to experience it all in one go so i'm looking forward to trying that out too i, uh, I mean you gave it a a pretty hearty recommendation uh, in our Discord, and 
and uh, said like it, it was worth the watch. So I'm I'm excited about that. Uh, yeah, there there are some shows that I feel are almost essential to watch, and that I feel could really shape someone growing up. And the way Mob grows up and sees how the world is shaped around him and how it shapes him. I, I thought about it as I was watching and I was like, this is stuff that kids need to see. Mm-hmm. Like they, they can understand like, oh, I really am shaped by things that go on around me. And I mean, of course, when they see that happening, but mob really embodies that I'm affected. I have an effect type thing. And I was like, wow, that's a powerful message. That's really good. Kids need to see this. Yeah. And, and I don't think there's like anything risque or anything. This is an anime that like could be shown in libraries on anime nights. Yeah. Or anything like that for any any public viewing just yeah. for the people. And I was like this is this is really powerful stuff. I mean, when you really think about it, uh, even One Punch Man is pretty tame. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. lots of people die, but like I mean, there's definitely like death in it and or exploding monsters. Yeah. But I guess there's nothing nothing like Sexual innuendo, which is usually the biggest thing that gets things kicked out of like like library nights and stuff like that. Because I know, like, uh, for people that don't know, like, uh, in the before times, like when you're younger, going to the library is where you get a lot of your your books and stuff. And for the longest time, you couldn't get anything in this this genre. Like anime and manga was just a no go. Mm -hmm. And when manga started becoming huge and things like that in America, they made a like Tokyo Pop and. Uh, Viz made a big push to get manga put in libraries and anime, for that matter, into like their 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 video sections that people could borrow, and it really helped grow it. Like you can see uh, in fandom, like a lot of people who found manga in the library. Yeah, and I think I think I, that's really one. I, I like when stuff like that is going on. That's a that's exactly what happened for me and my brother. I mean, we I, I don't know if I've already said it already, but we found Death Note in our library, and we start not the Death Note. I mean, you know, yikes. But we we read the manga <laughs> in the uh, in the library, and it was really cool. And that's how we found Naruto afterwards. Um, apart from me watching it too at some point after the game, and it was cool. We we started actually developing from the library, and it was it was cool. We we trusted the library for after that. You know, maybe, maybe there are good things here. It's not just a building. There's I, opportunity. I do like the fact that that really kind of softened the view of libraries for kids. At a certain because I remember when I was younger as a teenager, you know, a lot of people were like, library, that's, that shit's lame. The library yeah. is awesome. Hell yeah. Anyways. Um, so that's it for me and Mob Psycho 100 season two. I'm doing this in anticipation of season three. I'm ready for it now. Compl- Actually, that's not true. There's a movie that came out for Mob Psycho really? that I didn't know about. It, I didn't know it, that. My verve went straight into the movie. Oh. And I was like, <laughs> what the hell is this? And so now I got to watch a movie at some point, but... Is I'll it actually there. pronounced Verve or is it VRV? Mm, it's Verve. It's Verve. Okay. I'm, what no one's told me different, <laughs> so I, I'm saying Verve. I mean, yeah. if Mister Verve would like to tell me differently, they, you can find me on Twitter at Sinco Podcast and let me know. But oh my gosh, whatever. Um, so back to you, guy. I'm I'm throwing you the tennis racket. The what tennis are you watching? <laughs> I'm throwing you the racket, not the ball. The, uh, racket. the racket. Okay. I also started watching Miyoko-chan. It's oh yeah, uh, it's uh, kind of like a play on the the word mieru, which is like sea, mm-hmm. uh, and of course you know ko like because it's a girl, um, and it's about this high school girl who can see horrifying ghost visions and like truly scary monsters, and uh, how she handles it, and it's like they're always asking if she can see them, and th- it's kind of got a fun little like 
you know, premise going on. Like the ghosts are around in her school. They're at her house. And it's kind of funny to watch her react. Um, though my only concern comes from the fact that I read the manga before the anime came out. So I was pretty excited for the anime to come out. And there is a remarkable focus on fan service on it. Like, seriously, like, Ooh, zoom yeah. in. There's a, there's a lot of moments that they zoom in on, like, breasts and behinds and stuff like that. I think there's a scene where, like, one of the girls is in, like, her pajamas. And it, it makes a point to show. And it zooms. The, it, it, it was a discomforting yeah. fan service shot. Yeah. Like, like it had the, the, it showed the outline of the panties and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Like, it, geez, it, we're looking for ghosts. Why, yeah. why is there, why is there a booty shot here? <laughs> what is going on? I remember we, we, we talked about that because we watched the first two episodes together and both of us were watching this. And we're like, there's a remarkable amount of fan service happening for a show that's supposed to be scary, even with like a kind of like a slice of life twist on it. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong. Those, the ghosts are definitely creepy and scary. Uh, but the fan service definitely takes you out of the 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 I guess uh, pace of the show. Yeah. Um, though when, once it started like going more with the storyline and like getting to the story elements, uh, like they find a kitten and they're trying to find a new home for it, and uh, the main character girl Miko can see ghosts and things like that, but also around people. So like one of the guys that shows up has scary things around it and another and another guy shows up and he's like the scary looking yakuza guy and they're like a little wary at first but she can tell that you know he, he's got good ghosts around him to a certain degree the yakuza um, guy yeah. has good ghosts and then yeah. it, and then it, it, it like if you watch like when you watch that episode make sure you watch all the way to the end because there is a kind of closing scene that wraps up that little tiny storyline from that episode and it's who it hit us in the feels don't you remember like yeah. we both were like no, oh, it was man. really sweet. Yeah. It was really nice. Yeah. And I, I brought this show up to my brother because we were both kind of talking about it too beforehand after we've talked about it. I was like, hey, we got a spooky anime coming. And then I watched it and I was telling him about it because he's not really into fan service anime. And I was just trying to give him a heads up. And I was like, hey, this one, uh, I don't know, man. This one is uh, a, a little good on the fan service side. And as I was talking about it, I realized that the fan service is like really high quality, kind of like High School of the Dead is. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not sure if this is just like a studio that's versed in those kind of arts that are just kind of flexing some some muscles, I guess, while they can also <laughs> work on Ghost at the same time. Or if they don't have anything else to fill that dead space with. See uh, that that that, <laughs> that second that second thing is what it really feels like is because when you read the manga, it's very episodic. Like it, the first few chapters are just like, look at this scary ghost, and she can see it, and it's like awkward, and she has to behave like she can't see it, and that's kind of the chick. And then they start introducing like the story with the yakuza looking guy and the other guy with the, the kitten. Mm -hmm. um, that started, and then they introduce her friend in the manga, and it's it's all bam, 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 bam. Really, really focused on that. There's no, there's not. I don't recall there being that much fan service in the manga. So what I feel like is like if you have something like that, and there's only so much content on it. I don't think there's a ton of volumes on this. And if you were going through it really quickly, you wouldn't have enough. I think for like even a twelve episode series yeah. like that. That kind of shtick they have going on can only last so long without expanding, and there's probably airspace that they had to fill and i feel like you know maybe there was somebody in the office that's like hey i know what to do tits and <laughs> I, ass i i know what the people want <laughs> i i'm really good at drawing it too so let me get in on this 
Like I, I know, I know that's not how be- making anime works, but it's fun to imagine in my head. <laughs> I, I don't know. Jerry probably is really good at, it, and he probably suggested it. Like, there's always that guy that's like been drawing panties since he started drawing, and he's like, "I've gotten really good at it." Yeah, I, I own a lot of them. <laughs> God, Jerry, you need to le- clock out right now, Jerry. I lo- I love our our fictional like made up character <laughs> that we just had. <laughs> but uh, besides. Miyako Chan, I always butcher that name. I, I I'm terrible at the Japanese language. Uh, and then Sakugan, and then what else? Oh, I've been watching uh, the Fruit of Evolution. Mm. It, That's one I've added to my list. It yeah. has an interesting title card and description, so I added it to mine. So please, so en- enlighten this me. This is an isekai series. Absolutely not. I'm taking it off my list. Thank you for ruining this I, for me. Exactly the reaction I was expecting. Damn it. But no, it's it's one of those cases where it's like this. He's literally a fat, smelly loser okay. in the real world. And his whole class, like they literally spend like the first like five minutes like showing how terrible everybody picks on him. Oh, Yeah, like his class is just dicks to him. And there's, there's, there's clearly, uh, you know, he's got a complex and everything, but he, they all get sent to a, uh, they all get basically informed they're being isekai off to another world. The class? Yes, the class. Like some, the voice of God comes over to the PA and informs them they'll be, they'll be sent to another world to, to save it and stuff like that. But they should, they need to partner up and they'll be sent somewhere safe. And nobody wants to be his partner. So he gets, he ends up by himself. And so the God's like, oh, that's sad. Well, I guess I'll give you one more power. And it doesn't tell him what it is, and he just sends him off to the other world. So he shows up as this goofy, like, fat. Like, he's really just kind of goofy the entire time and, like, angry at the world. And um, he go, he's, he's in this forest with all these monsters and shit like that, just kind of running around trying to figure out what to do. And he keeps fi- he's trying to find food, and he eats this thing, and he's like, it's fucking terrible! And, you know, kind of ignores it. And then he continues to kind of survive, and he finds out that, you know, that he ate the fruit of, of evolution. And there's a lot of like RPG tropes in here they play with and like like leveling up and ability gaining and stuff like that. Okay. But they do a really funny thing where he gets experience and so it's like evolution to the level one. And he's like, Oh, that's cool. And then like all of his bones and everything start cracking and like it literally starts like torturing him and he's just like, Ah, oh, <laughs> everything hurts. Why are you doing this? And it's it's really funny. So he finds out it's like, Oh, here's like level one of ten for your evolution. And like it's slow. Like he keeps doing something. Like goofy antics are going by the whole time. Yeah. Uh, he's fighting these monkeys in the in the forest, and and they you know are like really high level, and he's not, and just he just gets lucky. And uh, I think they they do the joke where uh, he's so smelly that the smell kills his first monster. Like oh, he, he's man. just like no. no, and then it's like oh, it just like goes over his to the bo monk- kills. Yeah, his bo kills. Oh the no, absolutely. And then he levels up. Now, as in he's doing all this, and they show a little bit of the other class, and everyone's like, "Hey, you were dick to that guy." Like a few people was like, "Speak up!" And it turns out that he has like these friends from childhood who are in different classes that are like worried about him and stuff like that. But yeah. all they can do is kind of do what they're doing, and it keeps switching back to them and then back to him a lot. And he ends up befriending, sort of like challenging this notorious monster. It's this pink gorilla. And they have so much fun with this. He's like, I don't want to fight you. And she's like, you strong, me fight. Like, And it's this pink gorilla with this deep voice, but it has like a bow in its hair. And it turns out she's like, it's a female, like big boss girl. And it turns out they kind of explain a little bit more about the, the fruit of evolution and how it's used with monsters and things like that. Um, and she ends up falling in love with him. The monkey does? Yes, the monkey does. So they spend a good chunk of time. 
on this and oh it's so funny it's so goofy like it does not take itself seriously in any fashion no th- this sounds great this this sounds like some konosuba level shit yeah that it i does, would really it does enjoy some konosuba level stuff it definitely also checks some boxes on like standard isekai stuff um there's a lot of humor going on that is it, it, i honestly do feel a little bit like it's it's kon- konosuba light because konosuba goes like just drives off the cliff into humor and just absurdity. Yeah. And this feels a little bit like I still want to tell an isekai story, but I want a lot more humor in it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I get from this. But it's enough for me to go, this is just enjoyable. It's it's a lot of fun. Um it is not original by any means. Like all the abilities and, and isekai tropes are there. Yeah. But how much fun they're having with it makes up for that in that situation i can ignore a lot if you're having fun and it's funny and uh and i you know there's other stuff that happens and i'm just i like i feel like i've already talked a lot about it and like dropped some plot points on it so but if you if you're checking out the new season uh the fruit of evolution uh is a solid watch and it's you know I, i recommend it highly but i think that really wraps up what i'm watching in terms of like the new season and uh, we can move on to the meat and potatoes, as Ooh. you say. That's right. Yeah. Get excited. No. What? Oh boy. Oh boy. It's it's video games. But what are you playing, Trey? Like, let's start with let's start with the big one. My my big thing is what I'm playing. I've actually just finished Hollow Knight, but we're gonna get we're gonna hop back to you for that one. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'm actually I started Fatal Frame for my first time playing a Fatal Frame game, Maiden of the Black Water. This is the port from the Wii U console brought over to the switch um and i'm loving it that i have never played a game that is built like this it's like a resident evil game where you're you're playing with these kind of tanky controls and (laughs) you have to fight with a camera and it's the way the switch is built i mean clearly the wii u is made for this as well yeah but you have to play with that controller and you need to play with it undocked because it is built around you turning the switch so you can get the most attack points and you can really destroy your enemy because there's so many focal points. And like I, I've tried playing it docked so I can really see the screen. I can see the girl. I can see the boobs bouncing. It's everything. You're yeah, just trying to see the, the whole important thing. stuff, the importance, st- the plot elements. <laughs> but really, I, I had to stop and I was like, this is not the way I'm meant to play this game. Mm-hmm. And so I had to take it off the dock and I had to put away my pro controller, which I hate doing. I love my pro controllers. So uh, they are solid controllers. So nice. The best gaming peripheral I've ever bought. But I bought it, not bought it. I bought the game. But I uh I have to just turn around and play the game and just deal with it mm-hmm. and just play and just turn my switch and do that. It's so cool. And one thing I'm really disappointed with is like I don't see this being played anywhere. Like, or maybe it's just with my, I guess, feeds, but like, I don't see this being talked about anywhere. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's upsetting. Yeah. The Fatal Frame series has always been a little bit niche, but it is. The people who find it love it. It's something I've been playing for a lot of years. Um, I actually played most of the series. I, it, I, it, the one that really took off, like, because the original Fatal Frame, same kind of concept, you know, using a camera to capture ghosts and like damage them and continue your story. Yeah. But the one that really took off was number two, Crimson Butterfly. And I think that one actually still goes for a lot of money. When I was into retro collecting for a couple years, mm-hmm. 
that one was one I always tried to look out for. And when I actually found it, it was like one fifty, two hundred dollars. Oh, yeah. It yeah. was insane. I think for the PS2. Yeah, I it's think. it's it's a huge game. It's it's great. It's kind of got that weird like Ringu and uh, was it the Grudge kind of the Juon, yeah, yeah, like very very dark vibe, like creepy stuff happening. And so like when you have the camera and you see like ghosts pop out of places or like turn a corner or something, it's freaky. Mm-hmm. It's it's scary. And that's the thing. is like horror games back then were few and far between, if we're being honest. I mean, Resident Evil had its place. Don't get me wrong. And there was definitely like... But was like a, a, campy it, horror has yeah. its place. But like true horror where it's intentionally being scary, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't... I don't know. It's still being far in between. And especially back then, I, I don't really know many games that were trying to be scary. I, yeah. like, li- the only thing I have coming to mind is Eternal Darkness. Uh, for the GameCube. I mean, basically the big names everybody knows. You got Resident Evil, Silent Hill, Eternal Darkness, and is Fatal there, Frame. Like that, Fatal like, Frame. Yeah, yeah, Fatal Frame is what comes to mind. But it was really a niche game. It was very Japanese in an era when getting Japanese games in America was a challenge. Mm-hmm. I mean, you either imported and like read like a script off of line that somebody translated themselves, and you hoped it was accurate, and you played the game and looked at the text file, and you played the game and you looked at the text file, and you know, you just kept going. I mean, that's how I played some old import games back in the day is I had a text file with a translation. And, and I literally was like, oh, is that the matchup to the screen? Okay. Yep. Yeah. You did work. Kudos. Yes. Kudos. I, <laughs> I was desperate to play Japanese games back wow. in the day. And uh, Fatal Frame 2 was one that a friend showed me. And I had never, like, I remember the f- first one and I played it and, I, like, I instantly forgot it. Which, you know, says something about my level of attention back then. But Fatal Frame 2 was shown to me by a friend of mine, and it it was truly scary just to watch someone play, and I and then I was I was all in, and Fatal Frame Made in the Blackwater is like the newest one, and it does have a little bit of fan service going on. Let's be real, a lot of it. <laughs> so I, oh my gosh, I turned the girl around. I had her in a Riza outfit, the Atelier Riza outfit that comes with the game, and because why not? And so I turned her around, and literally, I was greeted with bouncing boobs. And I was like, oh, my God, I didn't expect this. I, I thought we were fighting ghosts here. Wow, much like Maruko-chan. Mm-hmm. And uh, I what is I started the game again and saw it was Koei Tecmo. And I was like, oh, no. of course. Yeah. That's what's going on here. How could I forget Dead or Alive made this game? <laughs> and so it all made sense. I mean, Team Ninja is, is part of that company, so it's not too surprising. Yeah. I mean, and there's definitely, you know, fan service is just part of the, the market at this right. point. But it still at least captures its scares well. And that's oh. the thing. The characters are really interesting. It's well designed. It still has the same kind of like pacing and gameplay style that the previous Fatal Frames have. And I think it's... It's worth the watch, but you're right. Not a lot of people are really talking about it in in terms of, I guess, my circles as well. Like, I saw a couple reviews posted on, like, I think, like, Kotaku or, like, Destructoid or something like that. But it was just... Like, the normal people. Yeah, like, like the the people that are, like, on Twitter being like, man, I'm playing this game and it's freaking cool. Like, I never knew this was a a series. Like, the people who are discovering things. I'm not seeing a lot of that. And that's... It's disappointing. Yeah, it is. Uh, So, that is a solid recommendation for Fatal Frame Made in the Blackwater. I love the fact that they are using the actual, like, motion controls and the system as, like, sort of, like, kind of a pseudo camera, I guess, is is what I'm getting from that. Like, you said it's a directional thing? Yeah, so you, you turn it. Um, pretty much just like a pseudo camera is really mm-hmm. what it is. So you can get the most out of your frame. Ah, gotcha. And capture as many attack points because there's spirit shards. 
I think that's what they called it, that fly off the ghost whenever you hit them the first time you take the picture. And then they, uh, then you have to turn it so you can get more in there. And then you turn the picture again so you can capture stuff and make it reveal itself. It's very interactive with this. Oh, that's really cool. With this yeah. picture thing. You, you kind of don't stop so that you can keep moving the plot forward. I haven't had to be this engaged with like my gyroscopic stuff on my Switch since Paper Mario the Origami King. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah. as much as I hate having to like shake my Switch or like turn it and do stuff... It is fun at the same time. Like I, I do like that interaction. I, I guess I just wish I, I had like a case because I feel like I'm gonna shake it too hard and my joy cons <laughs> are gonna break off. I, hey, I always get nervous. Look, I'm gonna tell you right now. It doesn't matter what you do to a, a switch. Eventually, that drift's gonna get you. Yeah, uh, it already has once. Yeah, when, I'm on my third, third set of joy cons. I think. Yeah, my first ones were. I, I think they actually did the drift. My second ones, I just don't think I like the color. I think I I think I had to get a color I didn't want. I think I had the neon uh, yellow and purple. Oh, like the I Fortnite d- one? Mm, it was either Fortnite or it was the Splatoon one. Splatoon is the pink and the green. That's what it was, pink and green. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I was like, I don't want these, but there is nothing else here right yeah. now. I can't play my Switch. And then I, they're just my backups, I think, right yeah. now. So I, uh, you know, my significant other is very, very, very careful with her uh switch very particular about keeping it in case and not leaving it sitting on the side of a uh, the couch or anything like that very very careful and she still has drift on that thing which is just an unfortunate yeah. thing but uh, you know i a lot of people like to get after nintendo but the truth is that also happens on other controllers that use analog sticks i don't know yeah. What it is, but there are other cases of it on other systems. I think uh, one of my PlayStation controllers, my PlayStation Four controllers, like one of them hit drift on it, and it's like it's, it happens. It happens. Like it's you just have to accept it. And yeah, just get a new controller. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, so, is there anything else you wanted to say about Fatal Frame? Like uh, it's I... download only. It's only available digitally. Really? It, there's yes. no physical copy. There is no physical copy. I did the research because you were you were showing it off uh, like on our Discord, and I was like, I want this shit. I want it. I'm like, but I, you know me. Like I'm a physical fan. I I want the physical copy. Yeah. I hold it in my hands. I, I never want to be connected. Like, and this is the case where digital is okay with me. This is a game that only got here because it's digital, and. Uh, you know, there's no, there's always a chance like limited run games or um, was it Fan Gamer or some of those other like niche companies could make a, a physical copy. Yeah. But I want to play the game. So I'm probably going to pick it up digitally and get after it. So I'm looking forward to it, especially after you, you really kind of sung its praises. And I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Fatal Frame series in general. So it's easy, easy buy. Now that I think about it, on the Wii U, it was digital only, I believe, as well. You had to, or you could download episode one for free as a trial or a demo, mm-hmm. I guess. And then you bought the extra episodes as you went or as they released them, I guess over here in the West. I don't know how it looked in the East, but yeah, I, uh, I never wild. got to play the Wii U. You didn't miss anything. Uh, well, actually the, that's not true. It, I've heard like there were some standout titles. A lot of them have been ported to the switch at this point. They, uh, but, I think most of them have. Uh, we're missing out on like Xenoblade Chronicles X. Um, what is it? That's uh, the last one, I think, uh, yeah, that's the only one that hasn't been ported to the Switch at this point. I believe so. Everything else has made its way, and then, uh, except for the the virtual catalog ca- library. Yeah, but the virtual like that's a whole thing we will get into. Yeah. Um. But also, uh, I think it was a Paper Mario. Uh. Oh, Color Splash. Color yeah. Splash. Yes. That one has not made its way. Um. I, no one's hurting for that. 
at all. Uh, clearly. In the Paper Mario community, they're fine. Every, <laughs> everyone's everyone's like, good. Color Splash, what the fuck is that? I think I'll speak for them. They're good. <laughs> You're speaking for the entire community. <laughs> the community okay. They're good. I see how it is. <laughs> Origami King has sated them. And then just once everyone gets thousand your door. Although we'll get more into Paper Mario once uh, we talk about the NSO. Unless we want to go ahead and switch that. The I Nintendo mean, you know, Expansion let's, Pass. Let's go ahead and do that. Let's talk about the Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pass. A... An experience that has been sold to us many times. And that I, I don't know if I can buy into again mm. for this expansion pass. I am I'm not feeling it. I so I, I saw a picture and you know, granted I it was a picture. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if it was from Nintendo or not, but I think it had a list of all the games that were supposedly coming out and I don't know if it was data mined or not of what was supposed to be there. But Paper Mario was among everything that's supposed to be there. Um Everything else that is there is kind of okay, run-of-the-mill Nintendo yeah. 64 games, including Paper Mario 64 and Mario Kart 64. Yoshi Story, Sin and Punishment, kind of being the only ones that really stand out. Yeah. At least to me, I mean, I wasn't a big 64 fan, or I guess I didn't grow up with the 64. Sorry. Right. So, no. But of all the experiences I know of, those are the ones I'm missing. Um, But Paper Mario, I really liked on my Wii U. I could download that and play it again on my Wii U, and I would love to do it again and 100% it. But it didn't come on the on these. Wow, what are we talking about? Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pass. Yeah, I blanked out. Yes, on the 64 <laughs> part. Um, it didn't come with that, and I could have swore that was all coming out at once. So maybe that was just a misunderstanding on my part. But. It was just odd seeing that and that it wasn't all coming out at once. And then especially all the changes with the Mega Drive or the, the Sega Genesis, what, Genesis not yeah. the Mega Drive, um, the Genesis edition as well. That That's not all readily available. Yeah, I'm pretty sure like they mentioned that these will eventually be available in like in like a like it's probably like the tiny print at the bottom of the screen of the Nintendo Direct if I yeah. recall correctly. But my issue with the Nintendo Switch Online expansion passes, it's quite the price jump for individuals for very little value. I know that the yes. Animal Crossing New Horizons expansion is included. That's great for people who play Animal Crossing. Um you can also just buy the DLC outright. Oh, really? Yeah. Like so so okay, so you buy and this is this is where my problem lies with this expansion pass. If you're talking about a family pack where you're splitting it with multiple people and everybody pays like 7 bucks, sure. I can see cuz a lot that's why I see a lot of people like defense of the Nintendo Switch Online expansion pass is well, the family plan is a real good value if you have seven people in your family all contributing. All pay, all playing a Switch? Yeah. You have seven Switches in your house? Yeah. Is that what you're telling yeah. me? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like, <laughs> a press X to doubt moment going yeah. on. I, I don't think I've ever seen more than four Switches in one place. And that's the thing for me is the individual person, because if those that don't know, the Nintendo Switch Online, to play online with your friends and have access to the NES and the SNES virtual console, like, pack they release is $20 a year. The expansion pass, which includes the Sega Genesis games, the N64 games, and the Animal Crossing expansion, um, is $50 a year. We're talking like literally more than double the original price. And my problem with it extends from the fact that the actual value, like the value increase is supposed to basically be you get N64 games, you get Sega Genesis games, and you get the Animal 
Crossing expansion, which you can buy separately if you want to. Also, if you stop subscribing to Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pass, the DLC for Animal Crossing goes away. So, the incentive to continue, besides just pay for it outright once, is pretty low. Yeah. Um, There's no roadmap or release schedule for these N64 or Sega Genesis games. And then I have a problem with the fact that you can literally go on Amazon right now and buy a Sega Genesis collection for the Switch for like 30 bucks. That includes most of the titles, if not all of the titles. You know what? You're right as hell, Ronnie. I, you, you don't even... What do I even have these collections for? I don't even know why I have the Switch online. I have <laughs> the SNES... What is it? The SNES... Small one. I have the small SNES. I have the small NES. The classic? The classics. Yeah. I have both of those. But I don't know if it's worth keeping this online portion. Because, I, I mean, I have it all. Mm-hmm. And they only add so many that are worth a damn. I mean, every so many months. And yeah. I, can, I click on it just to see what gets They're added. They're like three or four months apart. It's only about three to four titles. The only true like value out of that I really experience on a regular basis is the op opportunity to play japanese titles that they throw on there yeah like uh they put panel de pawn on there mm-hmm. uh, which is uh for those that don't know uh, if you ever played uh pokemon puzzle league or uh tetris attack with all the yoshi uh yoshi's island characters yeah. panel de pawn is that that same uh you know puzzle and that's the original japanese name for it so that that was cool they put uh super mario picross on there from japan like so if you like the picross puzzle games there's one that was for the super nintendo from japan i've never met someone that liked picross you're looking at him you yes. like picross yes i love picross i'm flabbergasted <laughs> podcast I, over I, <laughs> I i just don't know what no to say. no it's it's a it, for me it's kind of like a a fun little like sudoku like experience yeah and, and i like that i'm also a huge math nerd so you know oh, that's right yeah we're a math league yeah i was a math uh, league i was in i was in gross. academic decathlon Whoa. math club <laughs> like uh, hey this is my room don't throw up in it i'm trying uh, I, I appreciate that <laughs> I actually literally still have medals that I won from this shit. So okay, yes, that's right. I competed with tests in mm, math. You need to go get tested. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> this kind of disrespect is unwelcome in this space. That's get fair. out. That's fair. <laughs> uh, but, but no, that, like that's that's the thing with the Nintendo Switch Online thing. Even the Super Nintendo and the, and the NES. Aside from Japanese experiences, there's not a lot of value. I mean, I'm being honest. There's other options. So the only thing, though, is that it's all partnered with playing online, too. Mm-hmm. And so unless it was a separate service that you could just cancel, you kind of you get it. You don't really have to participate in it. Mm-hmm. But it I mean, it, it is kind of neglected. Yeah. I, I don't me, know how many and that's people the thing, like the $20 a year. So you can play online for like Mario Party, Mario Kart 64, Smash. Like those are the games. That, that's why you pay twenty dollars a year, because because you, you get on and you play for hours in Mario Kart and Smash with your friends. You you get enough people together and you play Mario Party via the internet. I mean, in, in the way things are with like Discord and you know people being away from each other, it's very helpful. But to jump the price to fifty dollars a year for what essentially is about eight to twelve N sixty four games and Sega Genesis games, you can one time buy on an actual switch cartridge 
I'm sorry. Like that's that's foolish to me. Yeah. It's it, like actually I think if I remember correctly I was reading a news article today that they they the announcement for the expansion pass video on YouTube is now their most disliked video. Wow. And and that's the thing is like I I just can't if anybody has some semblance of adult brain there's just not a lot of value there. And don't get me wrong, I love Nintendo. They make great experiences and they have great product support for the most part like I, i've really had a, a lot of great experiences with nintendo over the years but there are definitely some dumbass moves and this definitely feels like one of them and you know what's crazy like i'm trying to think about experiences to play online with nintendo and really it's smash brothers yeah, pretty much right now smash yeah. brothers you play mario kart i mean if there's really still much of a mario kart mm-hmm. 8 deluxe audience yeah. online i mean i think i still demolish the same few people when i play online mm-hmm. but Apart from that, that's it. And Super Smash Brothers, if however long that stays online, yeah, then by all means. But really, we'll see how long. Yeah, see, because I like the idea of Mario Party via the online uh, function. Like they just released uh, Mario Party Superstars. Yeah, and apparently they learned what they learned their lesson from Super Mario Party, which they had to update and like get the online going. And like it took a while, and people were not happy about that. Yeah. So this Superstars comes out, and it's it's. It's pretty much unanimously been Better. like, yeah, like everybody's like, this is so good. And I like the idea of being able to play that online with friends. But again, like it's, it's what you said. It's like there are specific games that you get online for. Not a lot of games. Not not a lot to really like. So I, I guess that's why the $20 a year package was like, hey, that's pretty good. I mean, I, I pay quite a bit for PlayStation Plus. But are you going to pay $20 a year to, to play what super smash brothers online for however many times when there's no more characters being added yeah you know there's no more thrill for that yeah and i mean are you doing that to play mario kart 8 deluxe online and splatoon 3 hasn't been put out yet yeah and i mean i i don't know it, it's a really odd thing to do now once you're once your big boy's already gone off to college you got nothing else in the house yeah i for me like the biggest thing, the biggest reason why i continue is because right now I have a pretty healthy friend group that plays those games online. Mm-hmm. If that friend group or that, that activity level drops, I don't see a reason to continue. Yeah. I mean, Super Smash Brothers is something I've gotten into only recently. Like, it's always really funny. Also, way missed opportunity on the expansion pass to drop the original N64 Super Smash Brothers immediately. That is your... Immediately. That, that is your fucking the golden goose. That is your golden goose. Like, Ultimate is viable for years to come it is let's just be real yeah like even now like how long has it been out like four or five years now and they They, just finished all the dlc characters oh yeah Yeah. they could have had this price jacked up for a long time yeah just waiting on smash brothers to come out and then dropped it or or manipulated more yeah but now they want to jump it up yeah and see that's the thing for me is like i think it's dumb but it feels like it doesn't feel like malicious dumb it just feels like uninformed dumb. Yeah. And we'll see what that really means in the future. We'll see. But I, I just, I still can't get behind it. And there's clearly a lot of fans that can't. And so I'm not too surprised by that. And we'll see what moves Nintendo makes from that point. I mean, we basically nailed home the fact that this is probably a, a boneheaded idea. And there will definitely be some people that buy into it. And I know some personally already. Um, but I, I honestly, like, I wouldn't recommend it to somebody. I won't do it myself. I'll stick to the basics so I can play Super Smash Brothers. 
I think I'm about to cancel mine. I think I just sold myself here <laughs> on the idea. Well, because you don't play Smash. I don't do anything online. <clears throat> I don't even know why I've had it. Yeah. Actually, I've only played Mario Kart 8 Deluxe online. Yeah, and no and one, really no one we it. know challenges each other. See, that's that's exactly what I was saying. Is yeah. that, you know, right now I'm playing with our friends. Like we get in voice chat, we talk shit, and like we just all hang out. Yeah. That's a cool experience. That's worth the money to me, especially since I've done that several times in the last month to the point where I'm like, all right, that that fun level was worth twenty dollars. Yeah, I would go to a movie with friends, or I would go to a theme park with friends and spend twenty dollars. Yeah, if in one month out of the year. I, I got the experience I wanted worth $20. Worth it. Cool. But you can't tell me an extra $30 is there for N64 in Genesis. And I, I, I have multiple forms of those Genesis Not for games Dr. Already. Mario. Ah. Not for Sin <laughs> Punishment. No. No, not happening. And not but. for not Paper Mario there. That's that's my biggest hurt. I love I how salty you are about that. God, I just want to play Paper Mario. That's it. Like this so <laughs> fucking good. Everybody thinks that Dr. Teal's is, is supplied by actual salt, but it's just Trey being upset just, about Paper Mario being It's just gone. me fluttering my eyelashes really quickly <laughs> into a into an ice box as they as they solidify. <laughs> I, I can put up a video of the whole process, but oh, I, I think we better process. get on to the next thing before Absolutely. I start doing that. So um Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight. You were playing Hollow Knight. I just finished Hollow Knight, something that a lot of our friend group didn't expect me to ever do. Seriously, the number of memes and comments that popped up when you said you were playing Hollow Knight and then you finished it? Yeah. Like, you would have thought everybody everybody thought it was like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Like, who the fuck is Trey? Yeah. Who, who is this Trey? Like, who replaced Trey? <laughs> it, was, it, was pretty, it was pretty funny, but it was even... It was even funnier that I found myself addicted to it. Mm -hmm. Like, it it was amazing. I I've started Hollow Knight like four or five times. And I always got to a certain point, and then I stopped. I think I got distracted with other games, and I think twice I tried to stream it, and that was never a good thing for me. I get so frustrated, and so I have to stop. But I also got pressured with the trying to entertain at the same time, and... So I I had to stop, and that was a better experience for me to just play this on my own. Absolutely, and, and I think I think that's a I think that's a big part of it. Like, because you did you actually became a Twitch affiliate at one point because yeah. you were streaming regularly mm -hmm. and you got a nice little group. And as a matter of fact, this leads me into me explaining why Hollow Knight is such a fabled game oh, for you. Yeah, is because when Trey was streaming and <laughs> dropped Hollow Knight, eventually there was a gentleman. Such a cringe story. Uh, not such, my name. Not my name. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to do it, Jim. But we had a nice gentleman join our chat and just commend and over and over and over just extol the virtues of Hollow Knight. This man bullied me into Hollow Knight. Absolutely bullied you. But the best part is that you could literally see Trey kind of like sort of pseudo being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, go away, little brother. Go I've, away. I've clearly played, like, three games that I haven't started Hollow Knight, man. Leave me alone. <laughs> no, no, but, the, you know, it came from a place of love. And clearly, clearly, there was a reason for that. Because, yeah. like, you have you turned the corner. Yeah. You actually played through the game. And, like, not having to entertain people while you're trying to play something as complex as Hollow Knight. Because that's the thing. I'm playing it right now. And I can tell you, it is a Metroidvania. It is... It is something about exploration, but the battles are require finesse, focus, focus, finesse, just yeah. this the sheer skill 
involved in playing that game. Like I, I, you know, and that's the thing is like the game is made to be like a traditional Metroidvania where your save point may not be near that boss battle. So if you die on the boss battle, you got to run your ass back up there. Yeah. And then you try again and you die and you run your ass back up there. As a matter of fact, there's a reason I hate the soul master on that goddamn game. Cause I ran back up there eight times. Wow. Yes. That's rough. Yeah, it was rough. That's but cr- he was one of my, so he was the third boss. I think I had so soul boss or soul boss, soul master. He's a, uh, who my twang came out. Soul master. Soul he, uh, master. Soul master. <laughs> he, uh, He's a boss that has a bunch of orbiting fireballs, and he bounces across the screen. Yeah, he's kind of like a wizard. Yeah, a wizard of sorts. He, uh, I-, I hit him the first time by accident, and I got to the roof, and the door closed, and I was like, "Fuck <laughs> this!" <laughs> I didn't know I was walking into this, and then I lost my souls up there, and so I had to go up there and get it again. And like I'm stuck in this boss fight. Yeah. Now I have to figure this out. Yes. Or actually, absolutely. I don't think I was. It, it's the door before, but you know I'm intrigued. Of course. I have. Like to. you can't just leave it. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I I know you're right there. You know I, those cheeks belong to me, boy. Come here. And so <laughs> I, I I go out there and I I fight him. It took me a couple tries. And then I finally got him, and then he has a second face. Oh, that one right there killed me. And I was like, no, the floor fell out, oh, and he was there the again. Worst feeling. For those that don't know, this is a boss that you you, you struggle with, because all these bosses are challenging. And he like whenever a boss battle ends, they usually drop some kind of like shiny bobble that like unlocks a new ability or something like that. Kind of like, you know, traditional uh you know, Metrovania. And man, when I got that, I was so proud, and I went to go pick it up, and it was like and you drop down and there's a second stage. I was like, no, I was so distraught from this moment, just collapsing literally that I lost. I died. And I was like, I have to do this again. Yeah. Ah. But you know, with all like dramatics aside, hollow Knight is a solid, solid Metroidvania, a great experience. I love the, I love the way it looks. Yes. It it's, I don't even know how to describe it. It's chibi bugs. Mm-hmm. It's, it's cute. it's really simplified, isn't it? It's simple, it's cute, but it's dark mm, all at the same yeah. time. And it's it's just fascinating to look at. I love getting to a new area and just what am I going to look at next? And, I mean, I, you, you'll get there at some point. Uh, you have to. Yeah, absolutely. But there's a hive, which is my favorite place. It's a beehive. And it is what? beautiful. It is... I, our friend Daryl, who was on the show, he, he talked about the City of Tears, uh, which you've been in, mm-hmm. uh, being yeah. one of his favorite places. And I was like, this is cool. But then I got to this hive and I was like, this is my place. Wow. And it's it's just neat. And uh, I, I'd love to hear as you go through it, what, yeah, what no. you find to be your spot. So, so far, City of Tears really sells me. Like, I, I really like the character of Hornet and just, like, the mystery yeah. she represents from where I'm at. Like, because I keep seeing her and it's like you follow her along to to kind of see what she's doing. And uh, there's, like, you know, Fog Canyon exists and you got all these weird jellyfish things. But if you cut it, like, the core, like, homing missiles you and shit like that. God. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's so every, like every, the way you traverse in, in the game is very puzzly. And I like that. Like, so it has that same kind of like, you're constantly looking for an upgrade. You're constantly looking for something to make this easier. Mm-hmm. And you had to mentally note where to go back to. If you really want to find the extra stuff, 
Yeah. It's like, okay, now I have wall climbs. So where where have I been that needs a wall climb? Like, I remember there being some places where I couldn't reach. So now I can do this. But, like, where was it? So, like, it's it, it kind of engages you to be a little mindful of where you're going, where you've been. And, and that's how you find all your extra charms and your extra uh, notches and your upgrades and things like that. It's 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 challenging in the right way. Um, a lot of people call this, like, the, basically, like, the Dark Souls of Metroidvania. Wow. Yeah. If that's the case, I feel really confident. Yeah. See, I, I don't think that's a good description. Uh, I mean, I've heard it, and I can see it. But the, for me, like, a lot of what the game is is very deliberate. Yeah. Like, whenever I've been hit in that game, whenever I've died, it's not because the game was especially hard. It's because I made stupid mistakes. Oh, yeah. No, I I never got mad at the game. And yeah, like In exactly. all my 23 hours. Like, I did something, and I fucked up. And I owned up to it. There was a boss I spent two hours on. And I sat there mad at myself for mm-hmm. two hours. And I had to step away. And I was like, this is me. This is all me. I know what I'm doing wrong. I'm getting frustrated. I need to go do something else. Maybe I'll get more mask. Uh, and granted, I was cucking myself of powers at that point. <laughs> like, I, I really had to go get some more power-ups. And the way I ended the game, I am a different Hollow Knight than I am I was before. <laughs> to be whatever the proper verbiage would be there, but I am a totally more powerful bug than I, than I was fighting that boss. Yeah. So it's, it's neat having that revelation, but it's, it was, I, I, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. It was just such an experience. I mean, I can see the connection with dark souls and the way that enemies are very deliberate about their moves. Like you have to change your, your strategy based on what kind of moves they are doing. Like for instance, I, in the fungal waste, there's these mushroom guys that are like, Meh. yeah. And they either roll on the ground where Fucking you need to awful. jump yeah. and like do a down slash to hurt them and then be on the other side. Or they'll be like, Meh, and they'll jump up in the air and you'll have to be under it and be like, gotcha, bitch. And you upward slash. But that's the thing is you have to pay attention. It's it's very much a deliberate. You have that split second to read those enemies. I never mm-hmm. read them right. Yeah. Where it's like, <laughs> You, you do that sound just right. <laughs> so true. They, they jump or they roll. I love, to... I love that noise. Like, I go fight them just because I think it's hilarious. God, I, I've uh-huh. died to those fools. I hate them so I much. Hate uh, the Mantis uh, village where the Mantis... the Mantis people will fight you? Oof, duh. That's probably my second favorite area. It's so That's cool, isn't it? a dope area. It is dope as hell. And, like, I know that the Mantis Lords are, like, an optional boss. Yes. And I haven't got to them yet, but I'm uh, I'm kind of feeling like I want to go chase them down. They're not that hard. Really? Yeah. They okay. sound intimidating. And when you get down there, they're going to look intimidating. <laughs> and they're going to feel intimidating. But all you have to do is just pay attention. That's it. Because I, I felt it when I got down there. I was like, oh, what are you guys about? And it said listen, I think, or challenge is the option. It says challenge. And I was like, well, you know, my ego's here. <laughs> so That's I, right. <laughs> I'm going to force my way through this. Yeah, absolutely. And so I did it. Took like five or six tries. I was like, okay, here's what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And that's it. It's It's so cool. Yeah, and the thing is, like, the mechanic of, like, whenever you die, there's a shade that of your character that sticks around. And it has your money. It has your money. Yeah. And it you can get a lot of money and just end up dying and be like, oh, there it is over there. Thousands. And, I've yeah. lost thousands. Yeah, absolutely terrifying. So, like, you have to be very mindful. And it, that same kind of mechanic is in Dark Souls. I think that's where a lot of that, like, comparison comes from. Like, that has to a, be A very it. deliberate combat that's challenging, but not so much that you couldn't do it. Yeah. And then, I, like, you lose all your souls in Dark Souls. 
when you die and you have to go back to where you died to reclaim them. So I can see that comparison, but I'd say that I'd say that dark, uh, like uh, that hollow Knight is a lot more approachable. Yeah. Um, I think maybe in a 2d space, it's a little bit more approachable, but it is challenging. I will not downplay that. It is very challenging. Um, it does, but it, it kind of reignited this the fire in me to enjoy Metroidvanias. I've, I've often on enjoyed certain ones. Um, I remember I enjoyed, uh, Dust and Elysian Tale, which uh, most people is like the is the furry Metroidvania because it's like anthropomorph anthropomorphic animals. And you play this kind of like mysterious stranger, and he's got a sword and like wind powers, and you like slash your way through. And I think it even has like cameos from other like indie games at the time, like Cave Story and stuff like that. Like you can find these like locked up characters, and like Meat Boy is one of them. Like Super Meat Boy is one of them. Wow. Yeah, it, it was a really cool game. It's a, it's a really really cool like melee based kind of uh like button mashing hack and slash Metroidvania. It looks beautiful. It looks like hand drawn graphics. I can highly recommend it. You can usually get it on like PS4 for like anywhere but, uh, like around ten bucks. I think mm-hmm. um, that was a solid one. Um, technically, uh, what is it? Uh, Steam Steam World Dig is a Metroidvania. If we're really being, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like you get upgrades. They help you unlock other areas. It's, it's sort you of you die. You have to go collect your mining things i actually yeah. just beat that one over the summer i yeah. think that yeah. one was really fun i really like that one but and then there's bloodstained and there's super metroid like there's so many of these games and uh you know but i think that some of it became stale to me at some point and hollow knights really reinvigorated that by being both traditional and kind of creative and new to me. Like, I like the melee-based stuff. I, I In all those lists that I, I listed, I, I think the primary one that really was more melee-based was Dust. Hmm. I mean, like, Bloodstained has, like, you know, melee weapons, but there's also ranged weapons. Metroid's definitely a ranged sort of thing. Yeah. Um, that sort of thing. But uh, Hollow Knight's just its own animal. And I haven't even gotten, like, there's, like, four DLC packs of stuff. I'm still on the base game, you know? Yeah. I'm not sure how far they actually are. I, I don't know if they're ingrained, like, updates or not, because I have little icons on mine, and I read the update notes, and it was uh, it was cool. And then there is the whole, um, oh, what is it, the Pantheons or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And the I was boss like, rush mode, yeah, essentially. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for that, but, oh, boy, maybe. I want to go back at 100%. I beat the game. I finished it at 23 hours at 76%. Mm-hmm. Which is way higher than I thought I was. Yeah. I, I still have to, what is it, uh, get the rest of my badges or the notches. Um, I didn't even get all the mask. I didn't get all the, I only finished it with one extra soul ball. Soul ball? And you're supposed to get like three more. And I, I finished it with just one. So I, I still have a lot of stuff to collect. Yeah. Wow. So I, I'm excited to go back and get more. I'm excited to see what more the game has in store for me because, like, uh, our friend Daryl, like you said, is a huge fan of the series. Literally, his Twitch channel is called The Bench Tower. Like, it's all based off of his playthrough of uh, of Hollow Knight. Yeah. But he did an entire video on an area called Deep Nest that apparently is, like, some weird, like, decaying, creepy zone. Yeah, it's pretty and cool. So, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see what I have ahead of me. Um, it's pretty much what I'm going to be doing the rest of the week. Like I have no plans to play any other games right now. Do I have tons of games to play? Absolutely. But hollow Knight has really kind of absorbed me and in that world, 
Like I keep wanting to find little nooks and crannies, and as a matter of fact, I uh, I may have played it while editing podcasts. <laughs> you do what you got to do to get through. Yeah, absolutely. Especially for four hour ones, you do what you got to get through. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. So, but yeah, no Hollow Knight. Everybody should play Hollow Knight, and even if you mandatory actually mandatory. You, yeah, you have to stop this podcast right now. Uh, I want you to reach out to Team Cherry and get Hollow Knight and uh, play it. Uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, no, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up with a, a topic that is near and dear to my heart, which is the Cotton re-release. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Cotton is a side-scrolling shoot 'em up, a shmup, if you will. Mm. And it's it's anime witch girl with red hair, and it's it's very much just a fun classic shooter in the vein of like Gradius and Darius and things like that. It's really cute. I really like seeing the art style, like the reminiscent 80s, 90s, like anime art. Girl. Yes. Like it, it's really cute on the Switch store. Like I, I, I scroll across it and I'm like, this looks cute. And then I see the shmup and I'm like, hmm, I don't know. Last thing I played that was a shmup was Waifu Uncovered. And I was like, that <laughs> that wasn't something I should have played, so what? I don't know. What is Waifu Uncovered? You don't want no part of Waifu like, Uncovered. Really? Is it, it like a bullet hell where you like shoot off their clothes? That That's it. Oh, nice. <laughs> that's it. I mean, it, it's it, trash. It sounds it like is, it's in the name. It's, it's actually not literal it's not trash. It, no. Not even fun. No. <laughs> it's not like, at least fun, you know? I mean, I guess it but it's just horrible sprites. You it's I don't know. No, just not, I not don't even it. I wouldn't even recommend it. Uh it's literally just poorly drawn waifus too. I don't know. Oh yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. even there's a lot of that. There's like it was like waifu hunter and Yeah. Uh like there's all kinds of crazy like switch like budget titles with the waifu name in it and, and that's like what those, it was it was one of those and it, I was like, it ain't real uh, waifus bro like yeah. I'll, I'll post i'll post some waifus on twitter yeah <laughs> you don't want to see my waifus <laughs> i got an entire waifu folder on my phone there you for that go. purpose um but cotton is is a game that i remember seeing in the back of magazines like electronic gaming monthly because they there was import shops that would advertise in the back of of the magazine and so you could import sega saturn games like cotton and cotton to me was just like that epitome of like i love anime and i love video games and it's like a combination of the two like very like evocative of that art style um and it was really the first time i got a lot of exposure to that style in games the the things that made me buy chrono trigger the things that made me buy disgaea like I didn't buy those games because I knew anything about the mechanics or the story or anything like that. I bought them because like Akira Toriyama did the art for Chrono Trigger. The art on front of Disgaea One was it Hour of Darkness. It just grabbed me. I had never played a strategy game before except for Final Fantasy Tactics. So I was like, you know, I got suckered into this stuff because of the anime look. And like Cotton definitely is one of those ones. That I was like, if I had a Saturn and lots of money. I would import the shit out of that. So getting the chance to play it now with like a like a remake, remaster, or whatever it is, yeah, um, is really cool for me. Like it, it's kind of like a, it's like you know, like twelve year old Steven is like finally, this is this is what I was waiting for. It's only been years. It's only been decades because I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> but that brings me to the fact of the matter that there is another like series in this kind of same vein uh called parodius um that was made to be kind of like a like a spin-off of gradius and it literally the game mechanics are the same but it's anime it's anime 
like kookiness, if you mm. will. There's anime girls, and they, like the collectibles are different, and but it's kind of got this veneer of like very anime weirdness going on. They actually released a, a Parodius like collection on the PSP, which I own. And it's a lot of fun. It's the same thing, like anime girls shooting things, and like you fight, like your enemies are like muscle men in speedos, and and different things like that. Like just a really kind of odd, like oh Japan kind of yeah. moments, yeah. absolutely. But I think the thing that really kind of sold me uh, on this is I thought it was really cool back in the day, and I got to experience it on the PSP collection. But the one that was really like stood out to me was Odomedius on Xbox 360. A lot of Edius's. Yeah, because it's literally, they're all spinoffs of Gradius. Mm. And it's literally the same game, but with waifus. Oh, my Lordius. Yes. <laughs> oh, my Lordius. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm out. I'm tapping out. <laughs> all right. So you've used up all your dumb jokes for the day. But this game was released on Xbox 360 as a way to try to pull in Japanese gamers to get into the Xbox 360. Because originally it was an exclusive for the 360. Hmm. And as a matter of fact, the... Artist behind Sergeant Frog or uh, Keroro Kunso did the character designs for the anime girl ships in that game. And uh, like, if I show it to you, you'll be like, oh, there it is. And uh, it was a lot of fun. It had like a weird kind of like 2.5D kind of thing going on. And it was, it was kind of Gradius, but with anime waifus in it. And uh, it, it, it didn't really strain to Parodius territory because it was still like you know, bad ships. But the ship you flew was an anime girl with Gradius equipment around it. And oh. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I remember playing that quite a bit. Uh, it's it's probably, like, super rare now, if I'm being honest with you. So, like, uh, the copy I have hanging around in a, in a bucket somewhere, I call it a bucket. Thousands of dollars. <laughs> I don't think it's thousands of dollars. I love your optimism. It's fantastic. But that genre is something that I always had a lot of interest in. Like, did you ever encounter any of it as you... Not, not shoot em ups. Like, I wish I could appreciate it more. I appreciate it from a distance. But arcade-style games really don't keep my attention that long. Or at least uh. arcade-style shoot em ups like, where you're really in it for the score. Yeah. Or you appreciate art in the background or wh- whatever it is. Or the challenge I, of actually getting through that curtain of bullets. Yeah. Like, uh, Toho is one that comes to mind that is, like, a huge deal. Like, mm-hmm. I, I love Toho um anything from cave cave is a prolific bullet hell uh they call it a, was a, a don maku mm, in japan and they they have things like mushihime sama death smiles dodonpachi uh akai katana I'm trying to think of all the other ones i i know but they they would like literally your ship would have a button that you can slow down the movement of your character but the the and the focus of your shots are like right in front of you yeah. but if you let go of that you move much faster and your shots are wider so you had to kind of like play with like and they'd shoot like so many bullets there'd be these little little spots to get through and your ship had a very small hitbox and you yeah. had to literally hit that slowdown button to navigate through all those little crevices in the bullet hell curtain and get back to like fighting it the good old fashioned way. Like Toho did it, and all the cave stuff did it. It's a genre that is very niche, and it but it's got a lot of following. And, and you know, now that I think about it, I don't think it's for me. And like, I'm willing to try more, of course, like just because I need to. I mm-hmm. like riding my range, and especially since I have now mm-hmm. with Hollow Knight, Fatal Frame, 
and I mean Sinran Kagura Peach Beach Splash. I mean, hell yeah, what, the world is my oyster. The world, the world of Sinran Kagura just is a unique experience. I, I'm gonna try Bon Appetit and see how that goes. <laughs> I already have it on Steam, so I might as well platinum. I, I think did they release like a one called Reflections, and it was literally just like it's just massaging the girls. Yeah, it's like I it's literally really... like the, the 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 kind of like touching the girl game that's in in uh yeah the peach beach splash but you never do it because you're like i want to shoot you I, know i'd rather shoot with water guns yeah. yeah i don't really know what that one's about I, like i've heard that one's supposed to be more to show the interface of the switch and the touch sensitivity yeah. but it just I don't screams really know creepy what you can really show. it, it yeah, does it it's does. like uh, it, I don't it's want, like when i, I play, explain this it's like when i it's like when i play uh monster mon piece on uh Mm. on the vita or like for instance uh what's the one on switch i picked up recently mo Aero Chronicle. Mo Aero, yeah oh my gosh like it just you're like i'm so glad i live alone <laughs> yeah yeah this is probably for the best let me go ahead yeah. and finish this game real like, quick like this was and you know what? for me like it's amazing that we got these games it's amazing that there was a company like we know how perverted this is yeah we know these people can't play this game in front of friends but we're going to localize it anyways. Like, that's the thing. You couldn't get actual, like, good fighters and good story-based RPGs in America for a lot of years. And the fact that we now have things like Moero Chronicle floating around and um, so many other uh, titles that never would have ever seen the light of day here. I feel blessed. Yeah, sure. I don't know what else I would be doing. <laughs> but... I guess bless is a good way to put it. Bless is a good way to put it. <laughs> Tainted, maybe. <laughs> but <laughs> look, bless don't is a good you way to judge put me. It. No, no, no. I, I'm in the same boat. Same boat. <laughs> That's true. You, you are you know, just as big of a doing, degenerate as I am. It, absolutely. What, what would I be doing without Monster Masume? Really is the case. I here. love how much you love that series. So fucking good. Like, did you ever pick up the Steelbook? Version? no god no <laughs> no i didn't uh, i can't you, and you didn't buy the uh the uh, uh dakimakura of the uh naga girl the one that's like eight feet long or some shit like oh that oh my god like did you ever see that no my baby sleeps in my bed with me where am i gonna put that <laughs> <laughs> baby optional <laughs> goodness but no that i i think that's a good place to stop on our on our gaming journey we definitely have a lot of other gaming topics we will be covering um i'd like to give you a, a little bit of insight there on some mmos i'm an mmo player uh, you are not so we are definitely going to have some fun with an episode on that but for now, I'd say we've kind of covered a lot of ground on our return to regular publishing. Yeah, it's it's nice to kind of get get back to the regular. We've had a lot of fun with our ventures. Yes, in absolutely. the past bit. Um, but yeah, back to the back to your regularly scheduled senpai and kohai podcast. Um, <laughs> well, I guess with that, senpai, you want to go ahead and send us out and. Absolutely. You can check us out on your normal podcast listening areas like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Um, we have a Twitter that's Senko Podcast. And we are doing a lot of different things in the coming months to kind of try to expand and look forward to some of the things we got coming down the pipeline. Uh, and with that, let's call it a night, Trey. Yes, sir. Good night, Stephen. Good night.